0: Hey, my name's Ayo, and this is Chillology, a podcast where I talk about how we think about God in a way that is meant to create a safe place for questions and a hopeful space for growth. Today, I'll be talking about what we call quote-unquote church hurt. Let's dive in. So, church hurt is an emotional, psychological, and unfortunately sometimes physical trauma a person experiences in a faith-based community. In regards to our context, that community is the Christian church, right? Right? So in the last few years of my own life, I've heard more and more stories about people experiencing church hurt. If that's you, I'm genuinely so sorry. As a man who didn't grow up in church, but instead found myself receiving salvation at the age of 16 years old, church was literally a godsend for me. So obviously hearing about people getting hurt in church was jarring. I spent the most formative years of my life in one church where I saw many friends unfortunately experience this hurt, and eventually so did I. My home church, my faith-based community, became my world. And being in this position where it was now a toxic place for me, to be a part of that was traumatic. I'd been through a lot as a kid, so I often thought, I could handle it with God's help, right? But after watching so many people I love leave the church in the sense that they no longer believed in God or just decided to go to another church in hopes of finding a healthy community, I found myself doing the same thing. I was looking for a place with a healthy community, somewhere I could make lifelong friends, build with other people and really live alongside one another. But often I only found that community with people who didn't share the same faith as me or with the few people who went to church. but were viewed as radical for their views on the church community's need for healing and for growth. So, yeah, church hurt is terrible, and it's a burden that lays heavy on my heart and on my mind every day. How can we help people who've dealt with this? Can we create a community like the one I hope for? And obviously not a perfect community, but a community that's willing to confront our imperfections together with faith, love, hope, and without fear of condemnation. For those of you that have never heard that word, because I didn't until I started going to church, condemnation is very strong disapproval, often shown in church by shaming others for their failings instead of working to help one another in love to shed those failing habits and become more like Jesus. I think the worst part is the dismissiveness people receive from their community when they bring up any form of complaint, even if it's a justified one. Sometimes people have questions about why a church does certain things and leaders or loyal church members tend to dismiss the questions, accusing the person asking these questions of being ungrateful or too picky. Sometimes people offend one another, and when that offense is confronted, they are met with alienation from popular groups, shallow relationships, or leaders who go MIA because they don't want to address the offense because they think it's too difficult. Then when these people realize that they are ostracized in their own communities, They're gaslit by the people they once consider friends or even family. They are shamed when they want to leave the community. The problem with this is that these cultures are created by the elders and leaders of these communities. And if leaders won't take responsibility for the cultures of dismissiveness or conflict avoidance that they've created, people will leave. People will get hurt. The greatest contributor to these cultures being created are systems that more closely emulate successful companies and not really successful communities. Now, I don't believe these have to be mutually exclusive, but when there is not a balance, people become products. And much like plastic hurts our planet, once these people are used up, toxic leaders will toss them aside and act surprised when the atmosphere of our faith becomes toxic to live in. I've heard pastors and leaders use scripture out of context to manipulate people into obeying systems because they fear autonomy and loss of control. The problem with this is no matter how much you modify people's behavior, only Jesus can change a person's heart. So when we try to force our people to change by way of blind obedience, we deprive them of true transformation through the word of God. And I'm not just being hypocritical because this isn't a new issue. Paul deals with similar issues in the book of Galatians, when a dissenting group of people try to force new Christians to be circumcised. They thought people couldn't be truly justified by God unless they did this. But Paul argues that people are not justified by works, but instead by the faith of Jesus the Messiah, who we have faith in. This justification through Christ alone puts people in right relationship with God. It means they are forgiven, they are given a place in God's family, and the result is transformation by way of grace. So this basically means, even if you didn't get circumcised, you could still be justified by Jesus' sacrifice. There's nothing they needed to do that could make them finally worthy enough to earn it. It was a free gift. The laws given to the Jews were good, but they could not give people the power to obey them. The people always failed because they were bound to sin. When Jesus fulfilled the laws, he did so on our behalf. So when a person trusts in Jesus and lives in dependence on the Holy Spirit, they display the fruits of the Spirit. This fruit requires us to cultivate them through the Holy Spirit. So we get rid of old habits and learn new ones through the power of the Holy Spirit. As this happens, we find our minds and hearts transformed by the Holy Spirit, who helps us to love God and people like Jesus does. So obviously, it requires us to be intentional, But the power that we get to do all of it comes from God completely. So all of this is to say that if churches would focus on discipleship, working with one another to develop new habits, and to be transformed in our hearts by the Holy Spirit instead of attempting to force people into blind obedience, we would produce better results. Now things would still be tough. We're all people and we make mistakes but we will be in a place to handle conflict, offense, and disagreement biblically and healthily. A lot of churches don't do this either because of their leaders' lack of understanding when it comes to Scripture or sometimes because leaders think it's too hard. Ultimately, it comes down to whether pastors and leaders want to invest into people biblically through discipleship or if they are more focused on growing a church but not the people in it. I don't think it's bad for churches to grow large or to plant multiple buildings in cities. I think that healthy things grow well. I'm saying that if we grow, but we miss the point of the gospel, then we've grown for our own self-interest. This would mean we are failing in our command to tell the world the good news of Jesus Christ and to make disciples. Instead, we have growth that is more like a tumor. While it may seem to be good because numbers are increasing, it is not good at all. Instead, we are creating Christians who don't even know what they believe in, who hurt others, who do not honor God with their lives, and who present a false gospel that makes the church an idol and forgets that Jesus is our message. Jesus is our king. Jesus is our Lord. And he is our God. Not a church service. Not serving on a Sunday. Not being a part of a team. Not making sure you're always present at every single event because if you're not, people are going to feel some kind of way. No. Jesus, Jesus is the point. So when you look at it from that perspective, understanding scripture and what God is asking us to do, you realize that church hurt isn't just hurting people who end up leaving, but it's slowly harming those who stay because they don't even realize that they have missed the point. Now, I say all of this in hopes that we can course correct and get back on message as a family bound together by Jesus, because the church is supposed to be a place of hope a place where we point to what Jesus did on the cross and what that means for our future. So please, consider these words. If you are a leader who may have been a part of doing the wrong thing, just apologize to the people you lead. Nobody is perfect. Just course correct and do what you can to help them grow and get back to the main thing. Take the time that it takes to reach out to people who have left, to reach out to people who probably don't believe in God anymore, And they might blame you for it. Just reach out to them. Call them. DM them on Instagram. Reach out to them however you can via social media. I would send them a letter if you could find their address. Whatever you need to do. But try. Go after them. Apologize. These people are our family. These people matter to God. They should matter to us. You just got to reach out. All you've got to do is apologize. You can do it from the pulpit. You can do it face-to-face for some people, but you just need to take responsibility. You need to just say, you made a mistake and we're moving forward because redemption is offered to all of us, even leaders. And so when leaders make mistakes, they shouldn't be ostracized and told, oh, you shouldn't lead anymore because it's hard to be a leader. And I understand that. But you need to just take the responsibility. Say sorry and course correct, please. If you've been hurt by a church... I'm open to talk with you. I empathize with you. And I don't want you to blame God for the mistakes of people. I want you to find healing, community, and all that God has for you. I know it may be hard to trust people again. I know it may be hard to enter a church and think, oh man, this is just going to be everything that happened before. Because people are going to make mistakes. Someone just might offend you. Not everybody understands the Bible well. Not everybody understands what they believe in. And sometimes people say hurtful and harmful things they do hurtful and harmful things and they don't even realize it and some people do realize it and they're doing it on purpose and that's just people people can mess up people can do things on purpose to hurt others but that doesn't mean that we should give up on each other instead we need to hold each other accountable to what the scriptures say tell each other that we're supposed to love each other tell each other that we need each other and that we need to get these things right, get these things together, but not alone. We need to do that as a community. And look, if everything I've said so far has offended you in some way and you see it as an attack on the church, your church in specific, if you have went to the churches that I've went to or another way to just divide people, please know that that is not my intention at all. If I was trying to hurt the churches that I've gone to, if I was trying to hurt The leaders that may have hurt me, um, I probably would have just put a podcast out blasting those people, um, blaming them for all of where I am in life and whether or not I'm at the places I want to be. But that's not what I'm doing. I'm just saying that we need unity. But if we cannot achieve that because we just want to continue to stay away from each other and argue, I think that the only way we can achieve it is by addressing our issues and to find reconciliation with one another. We are a family, and families can fail each other, but no matter what, we need each other. I hope you can see that and address this biblically wherever you are. That's all for today's episode of Gelology. If you liked what you heard, please share it with others. Leave a review and rate the show well so other people can see it on their podcast browsers. Thank you for listening. Until next time, y'all.